Welcome to the Kid Men Podcast with Dr. Val and Dr. Virginia, where we talk about everything Kid Men. And pull back the curtain on some of the surprises and challenges in children's ministry that nobody prepares you for. I'm Dr. Val, and together we have over 45 years of experience in children's ministry. I'm Dr. Virginia. Valerie and I met over 10 years ago in our doctoral program at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. We are excited to share with you all the great stuff that we have picked up over the years. We want to minister to you, the children's minister. Welcome, friends. Thank you so much for joining us today. We are so excited that you have taken time to be with us. Dr. Virginia, are you doing okay today? I'm doing well. I'm doing well, which is good, especially in light of our topic for today. Yes. (laughs) We are going to be talking about health and first aid. And so um, it's, it's one of those, again, kind of administrative topics that we hate to have to think about because there's so much to it and so many mm-hmm. little details, yes. but it also is something that's incredibly important for us to make sure that we have in place. So what we mm-hmm. thought we would just do today is talk about some of the things that we have both over the years put in place to help with the health of the kids that come to our mm-hmm. ministry, but also to help prepare for any emergencies that might happen mm-hmm. or things that might happen along the way, because we want to make sure that we are prepared because things can happen so quickly and so unexpectedly. And the better you have a handle on how you respond in an emergency, mm-hmm the better it will be for your families and for your kids and for your leaders. And so we're just going to kind of jump into the topic. The very first thing on our list of things to talk about is having an illness policy. And I know that that sounds kind of strange, but one of the things that I always made sure that I had in our handbook that we gave to parents Mm -hmm. that talked about our ministry. And if you don't have one of those, that's something really important to have something that kind of goes over your guidelines and the things that your parents need to know about your ministry, about your building. And so one of the things that I always made sure to include in that would be just reminders of if your child has had a fever in the last Mm -hmm. 24 hours, then they need to be home. They can't come, you know, to church. And medicines don't count. (laughs) Tylenol, ibuprofen, (laughs) don't count. (laughs) Right. A medicine-free temperature reading. Yes, yes. You know, not having a fever within the last 24 Mm -hmm. hours, not having thrown up in the last 24 hours, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, those kinds of basic things to remind a parent, I know how much they want to come to church and I know how mm-hmm. much they want to be there. But especially with the last couple of years that we've had, yeah. it's incredibly important that we try to keep our families as safe as possible and to mm-hmm. keep illness away from our classrooms, if at all possible. And I know that there are some times that kids can leave home and seem perfectly fine. And once mm-hmm. they get to church, then they are sick. But mm-hmm. having those policies in place so the parents know that you're asking them to make sure that they don't have a fever or haven't been sick in the last 24 right. hours before they come to church. And then also letting them know that if your child is sick, when mm-hmm. they are at church, if we find that they have a fever If we find that they are throwing up, if they are coughing excessively, if there is a lot of congestion, if there's those, Mm -hmm. those kind of things that make us feel like they might have something that could be contagious, Mm -hmm. that we are going to have to move them to another location away from the kids and that we're going to contact you to come pick them up. 
yeah. um, because we really can't have them in the classroom with other kids if they have a stomach bug or if they have the flu or if they have, mm -hmm. you know, a, a very bad, you know, cold with a fever, those kinds of things. And to also speak more broadly about our illness policy within a handbook, um, there are lots of different places where you can get resources for um, either a whole handbook or putting together your handbook, mm -hmm. um, your liability insurance company. Um, I got one recently, like a free one from Ministry Spark. I believe Lifeway has a free one. Do. Um, there are lots of different places where you can get sort of a, a foundational document that you can edit for yeah. your handbook. Um, you don't want to just, <laughs> you know, erase Lifeway and then put your church name on there. No, um, no, you don't. So because you want, the, your you church may have to. different policies yes. than what, you know, build it out to your needs. Yes. Absolutely. But you don't have to start from scratch. You so. really don't. And yeah. I always say, don't in reinvent the wheel. You just, Amen. You just, if you can talk with another ministry in your area, if you can talk with a friend too, mm -hmm. sometimes people were always very willing to send me a, you know, a word document with their mm -hmm. handbook in it so that I could go through and actually use it sort of as a, a baseline for mm -hmm. that. And so it's just incredibly important that you have something that you can hand to parents to say, these are yeah. our policies. These are the things that, that you need to know if your kids are going to be coming here on a weekly mm -hmm. basis. And so that's an illness policy is really important. And your volunteers as well, so that they respond appropriately and know what to do when little Jimmy throws up in class or right. know what to do when they suspect that Susie has a fever, that right. sort of thing as well. Right. So they respond right. correctly within the classroom. Well, and then that's something that you really need to have together, which you don't even want to really think about, but having a kit for when mm -hmm. kids are sick, mm -hmm. you know, having the, the little, you know, powder stuff that you can put on the floor for you to clean up and to have, you know, wipes and paper towels and those kind of things mm -hmm. set and ready in a little bag or a box right. or something that you have there on the floor with the rest of your classroom so that it's mm -hmm. an easy, you know, cleanup for you to be able to help teachers to do that because they also have the rest of the kids in the classroom mm -hmm. that they're having to work with. So they're going to need help with that. And so right. having those items available very easily for a hall director or for yourself to be mm -hmm. able to grab and to bring in there to be able to do a cleanup is like incredibly important to do. Mm -hmm. So um, something else that we always kind of made sure we had was a nurse or a doctor available during each service at our mm -hmm. church. Mm -hmm. And I know that this is not always possible to do, but it was something that we found super helpful um, was to just kind of be aware of nurses and doctors that were in. And we did this as a church. We didn't mm -hmm. do this just for the children's ministry, mm -hmm. but as a church, we were aware of the nurses and doctors in our ministry. Mm -hmm. And what we kind of had them on was a little bit of a schedule, sort of, we knew which ones attended at which service time. So we knew who would would normally be there. And we asked them, you know, to let us know if they, you know, weren't going to be there. So we would make sure we had someone else there and, and they weren't there for any other reason. We didn't have them stand in a certain place or stay out of, they just went to church like they normally would, but we knew that they were there so we could send them mm -hmm. a quick text. Mm -hmm. If something happened, if we had an emergency and we, obviously if a child was very sick, we would contact the parents immediately, but sometimes we would have the nurse mm -hmm. or doctor just come by just to take a look, just to say, mm -hmm. oh yeah, you know, Tommy might need to have that checked. You might, you know, need to, to take 
Tommy to the emergency room, you know, they, they might, you know, they fell off the monkey bars. They, you know, that arm might be broken just to have mm -hmm. that medical opinion to help mm -hmm. with the parents to be able to kind of say, you know, yes, I think that is actually chicken pox and not just a rash or, you know, that kind of thing yeah. just to have, have a medical person to just be <clears throat> able to say those kinds of things, not to do anything necessarily, um, we did always make sure we had people that were available that were CPR trained mm -hmm. so that we did have that as a mm -hmm. church, not just for the preschool and children's area, but mm -hmm. we did have that for the church. And so those nurses and doctors were helpful for that because a lot of times they already had that training. They were no, up on their CPR yeah. training and, and knew what to do. But again, they're not there to, to do anything other than just to help us make medical decisions. If we were in that situation where mm -hmm. we were trying to figure out, is this something What's that the needs next to step? be concerned? Yeah or, yeah. or what we need to do. And so that was yeah. why that was, was important for us. Wow. And I, I do, I keep a running list of all the nurses that I know of in our church. So mm -hmm. anytime I, I find out someone's a nurse, I add them to the list. And yeah. so there are certain times and certain events where I actually intentionally want to have a nurse, like yes. for VBS, um, you yes. know, I always want to have a nurse every day on campus because I say, we don't want VBS to be the place where you discover that you're allergic to the purple glue sticks or right. whatever. Right. Um, and then even if there was a camp nurse, I would always take a nurse from our church group. I would try yes. to recruit a nurse to come with our church mm -hmm. group as well. For the um, fall festival, for yes. any Easter events, for any yes. of our large family events too, just we always ask for a available. nurse or a doctor yes. just there just in case. Yes. And again, not for them to actually do anything medical, right. but right. just to be there in case there's an emergency. Cause you do never know mm -hmm. when a child's going to fall off of a monkey bar or get mm -hmm. hit in the head with a block or, you know, mm -hmm. those, those right. little things that you think are not a big deal can sometimes become a big deal. Mm -hmm. And it seemed like it never failed. You know, I've been in Christian education for a very long time. And it almost never failed that if I thought a child didn't break their arm, it was broken. Yes. And if I thought a child did break their arm, yes. it was just a sprain. So yes. you, you, yes. you, know, you, you have these senses of like going, oh gosh, I really didn't think that was anything big. And then you find out that something's actually broken. And so it's those, you know, those kinds of accidents can happen. And I, I think actually I have this farther down on our list, but since we're talking about that, having an accident form is mm. really important for you to have yes. for your ministry as well. And basically what an accident form is for is for the leader in the classroom where the accident happened would actually fill out a form saying exactly what happened. You know, Tommy was on the monkey bars, you know, he fell down, he, you know, hurt his wrist on the ground when he landed, mm -hmm. you know, uh, you know, there were two of us present, you know, at the time, you know, we, we got ice, we called Tommy's mom. We asked the nurse to look at Tommy and then, you know, she took Tommy home, that kind of thing. So that you have mm -hmm. it actually in writing by the people right. who were present, right. just so you can have that for your records in case for any reason, something comes back. It's just nice to have that kind of little mm -hmm. form to be able to fill out nothing right. you know, too difficult, but just so that you have the information down when something mm -hmm. happens. Absolutely. Um, and usually just needed that for, like I said, playground accidents, or mm -hmm. if, if a child gets bitten by another child or <laughs> hit in the head with a block, or, yeah. you know, those are the kinds of things that you, right. you want to make sure you have down, mm -hmm. you know, what happened. So, yeah. All right. What's next? Uh, first aid kits. 
and first aid kits are not as complicated <laughs> as we think they are. No. <laughs> because no. honestly, you don't want a lot in your first aid kit. Right. Um, that's one of the things that I think we don't always think about. We don't want to administer mm-hmm. medication or any mm-hmm. kind of ointment or any kind of anything right. with the kids because right. we never know who might have an allergy or who might not have an allergy. Mm-hmm. But one of the things for the first aid kit that I found over the years to be handy is to have band-aids, both kinds, the, the latex-free band-aids mm-hmm. and regular band-aids in it, disposable gloves mm-hmm. so that if a child does get cut or, or bleeds, you know, you have the disposable gloves to be able to use when you're just cleaning it with soap and water and putting, mm-hmm. um, Band-Aids. The Band-Aid on mm-hmm. it. Um, having some gauze available in case it's something that's bleeding a little bit more. Sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, kids will bleed a lot more than what the actual accident is. Right. But it's just nice to kind of have that to hold on there sometimes beforehand. And then maybe some antibacterial wipes so that you can clean things off on the playground. But nothing, you don't need anything major in the kits. You don't need to have the huge kits that have all of the medicines and all of the things. And tongue depressors <laughs> and like, <laughs> just like all kinds of, sometimes you're like, why is this even in yeah, here? Like, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, so it's just those very, very basic things that you might need. You know, sometimes I used to always say that sometimes just some magic ice or magic band-aids will help a lot of injuries, yes, even if yeah. they're not technically needed. Sometimes mm-hmm. just putting a Band-Aid on mm-hmm. for the kids, uh, you know, makes them feel better, even yes. if they don't really, really need one. So to have <laughs> one handy is a nice thing. Yeah. But also I've had kids a lot of times come to church having injured themselves at home and then the Band-Aid fall off yes. or the Band-Aid actually, you know, they pull you know, it off, they pick on it or just, yeah. <laughs> yes. And so it's always nice to have those extra things, but you want to make sure to have plenty of disposable gloves for the teachers mm-hmm. to use for that. And we're going to talk about those gloves again in just a minute, but um, it's just really important to have that kind of material for your teachers. Now, Virginia, do you have a kit for each classroom or do you have one for the hallway? We have one for the hallway. So we have one that's centralized. So if they need a Band-Aid, we've got it kind of mm-hmm. in a central location. Yeah. And that's really up to what your space will allow and, mm-hmm. and what's handiest for your teachers. If you are on a really big hall, if you have a really big hall that it is harder for a teacher to be able to get down to the mm-hmm. hall director to get something like that or for to request it, it's kind of nice to have those kits in the classroom mm-hmm. if you can have them. But they're, they don't, they're not necessary for the classroom because, like I said, they're only going to hold the basics for mm-hmm. you. And the reason why you don't want to have, you do not want to have um, any kind of um, ointment for the kids. You don't want to have mm-hmm. Advil or Tylenol mm-hmm. or anything like that for the children because parents are the only ones that can yes. administer medication. Mm-hmm. And I made that a hard rule. I don't know if, if you, Ooh, I know there's yeah. some churches that don't make that a hard rule, but I made that a hard rule. Even if a child needed medication on a regular basis, mm-hmm. I asked a parent to come administer that medication. So it wasn't like in the diaper bag to be given to the child, mm-hmm. you know, during, you know, because sometimes mm-hmm. I would have parents that would say, 
you know, my kids are fine, but they have 10 days of antibiotics. And so if you could just give them their antibiotics at, you know, 11, right, 15, whatever. and I would just always explain, mm. I, I can't ask my teachers to administer right. medication. Mm-hmm. So I really need you, if you could come back at 11, 15, just give the medication and then you can head back out. But I, you know, we really can't do so that. So that, that for me is a hard rule. And that's something else that I put in that um, handbook is yeah. that, you know, that parents do have to administer medication that I'm not going to keep. Advil on hand. I'm not going to keep Tylenol on hand. I'm not going to keep any kind of medication Mm -hmm. because I don't even want the parents to give medication that I have to their kids. Right. You know, I, it it needs to be administered, you know, through them, from them, by them. Completely. Completely. Yes. Um, But it is really important for parents to fill out a medical information form. Do you have a medical Mm -hmm. information form that your parents fill out when they register their kids? We have it as a section of our um, like initial form that parents fill out. We do ask for allergies or medical information on that in, in our general form. So, yes. Mm-hmm. It's a great thing to have for a couple of reasons. One, you do want parents to let you know if their kids have allergies, if there mm-hmm. are medical conditions that you might not be aware of, like epilepsy or something that lights Mm -hmm. may affect or things like that. So you do want to be made aware of any kind of issues that a child might have. Also, often I will have parents that will drop kids off and then leave campus. Mm. Um, Because for whatever reason, maybe on a Sunday morning, they, they need to run back home and do something, or maybe, you know, they're not staying for Wednesday night, but they wanted their kids to be there for Wednesday nights. And so Um, A lot of times, or we might have kids that are coming with other families. So their parents are not on campus when the kids are there. Right. And so one of the things that I always wanted to have in place was a medical form so that if we did Mm -hmm. have an emergency, if the child had a medical emergency, right? because I know a lot of times you might think, well, we're not going to do anything that's dangerous. So they're not going to be on the playground or they're not going to be doing this or they're not going to be. It really only takes a second Mm -hmm. for children to find themselves in a precarious situation. Like it, right. it doesn't, you never or know allergy or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. yeah. Or, you know, you, you might, they, they might have appendicitis or they might, yeah. you know, you know, they might have an illness that they didn't realize that they had and, and suddenly mm-hmm. something makes them very sick. And so yeah. you kind of never know when those things might happen. And so you might have to call for medical mm-hmm. care mm-hmm. when the parents are not on campus. And so having that medical information form that has all of the kids information on it, your contact Mm -hmm. information, but also Mm -hmm. all of their medical history kind of things that are important, all the information that an EMT might need to know if we do have to call an ambulance for something. So you want to have that form somewhere, not only have that form, but have it somewhere available. Accessible. Right. Because for Mm -hmm. us, my office was actually in a completely different building Mm -hmm. from the preschool wing. And then the children wing was completely separate from the the preschool, the children in preschool were not together. My office was in another building. So I had to make sure I had um, an, an area on each floor that had a locked cabinet that mm-hmm. I had, or that the hall directors had access mm-hmm. to, to be able to get the medical forms if they needed them, because it wasn't super mm-hmm. easy to get back to my office to pull that kind of information to get between places. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I had to make sure that they were somewhere close that, that I could grab them, you know, quickly if I needed them. And so I'm going to ask this question too, and just see, see what insight you have just, 
whenever we ask for this information, you know, we have it on a form, we have it on our initial intake form, we have it on all of our registration forms, we have it on our camp form. I mean, parents, what, what do we do with parents who don't give us that information? How do we encourage parents to be forthright? Because I've had a couple times that I know of in in my ministry history, and maybe who knows how many that I never knew about. <laughs> oh yeah, of parents who did not disclose. I mean, sometimes mm-hmm. life threatening allergies, right? And they didn't put it on the form. They didn't tell us in person. They didn't tell the child's teacher. Like, and then, and then I mean, praise God, we didn't. Nothing ever came of it, right? But then finding out after the fact, oh yeah, they are deathly allergic to X Y Z, and I'm like you never told us this. Yes. We don't have this on record anywhere. Right. You know, or, right. or even, and this is a little further afield, but even in, an example of like a child who had a sensory processing disorder mm-hmm. and it wasn't until after having them for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks <laughs> that that yeah. it was just sort of mentioned offhandedly. I'm like, Oh, this could have like, we could have engaged your child so much more effectively had we understood what was going on. And so how, I don't know, just, I guess the question is like helping parents understand why we need this information and getting their trust to like share this information with us. Mm -hmm. Like how do we get them to share this? Well, and that's the hard thing. Asking for it often isn't enough. (laughs) I have had the same thing happen where I've had parents that haven't disclosed things on forums or haven't wanted to for whatever reason, for various reasons. And there's only so much that you can do, but I think having, that's one of the reasons why having these policies in place Mm -hmm. ahead of time is really helpful because if you have someone that is dedicated to making sure when parents come for the first time that they are filling out those forms Mm -hmm. And talking to them about the importance and not rushing them through it, Mm. but actually having that key person that's going to say, you know, we need to know if there are any allergies or any medical things, because sometimes we might have food or something in a classroom that we, you know, we want to make sure, you know, just somebody Mm. that's going to explain, this is why we're asking you these things, because I have over the years seen either leaders that have just kind of handed them paperwork and said, yeah, Mm -hmm. bring it back to us after service. Or, you know, that, that'll just say, you know, just, just give this back to us whenever. But I, I've always really tried to say, no, actually, uh, let me bring you in here where you can sit and you can fill this out really quickly Mm -hmm. before you go. And then I'll have somebody walk you to show you where you need to go, you know, like Mm -hmm. have sort of Mm -hmm. a plan in place for giving them the time to actually Mm -hmm. fill that out. And that means that they're not necessarily filling out a ton of stuff because that does make it harder. You don't want them to have like a doctor's office checklist of things that they have to go through. But if you can have that initial form that just has their name, Mm -hmm. their address, contact information, and then medical, like just mm-hmm. to have that one sheet. And even if there's more things that you need from them later, that's the information you could give to them and say, just mm-hmm. bring this back, you know, after service or whatever. Mm-hmm. But that medical form needs to be filled out before they're ever dropped off. Mm-hmm. And one of the things too that I did, which I will be honest, it frustrated my people. But <laughs> we redid those forms yeah. every year. That's what I was about to say. Yeah. 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 And so that <clears throat> meant that parents had to fill out those forms for me again. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I had a date that, you know, that, that they had to have them turn back in, you know, for, mm-hmm. you know, that, that we would do. And I know that it's frustrating because they're like, oh, it's all the same. 
And I'm like, I understand that, but I would have so many that would go, Oh yeah, I didn't tell you they were diagnosed with being allergic to latex this year. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and so right. they can't ha- touch gloves or touch band-aids balloons. or, you know, like, yeah, yeah, or balloons or, you know, so I think it's just trying mm-hmm. to get the information out there, letting mm-hmm. your parents know on a regular basis, reminding them every so often to say, don't forget to let us know if there's been any medical changes, you know, mm-hmm. during the year with your kids, you know, doing those kinds of things because you can't force them. I mean, there's no way to make sure that they have right. done it correctly or that they've right. done that. Uh, right. But it's finding those ways to make sure that they have the mm-hmm. opportunity to fill these things out, even if they're running a little bit late, asking, asking other ministries to be understanding of that. Maybe first time parents yeah. are going to be a little late to Sunday school. Maybe they're going to be coming into service a little bit late. Can we have ushers that help them find right. a seat um, if they're going to be a couple minutes later because they didn't get here early enough to kind of fill out the forms. And then mm-hmm. also to have that on your website for parents as they're looking at your church to say, um, if you can come a few minutes early on your first day, we have some, you know, medical forms mm-hmm. that we ask that you fill out, you know, just so that they are aware of it before they come, mm-hmm. if they're visiting, you know, so that they know, oh yeah, we need to be there a little bit earlier so we can fill everything out. So it's just those kinds of things. Little that, things. Yeah. You know. And that's even, even as you were talking, that was one of the things I thought of too, is that we would, um, for our major ministries do registration forms and so mm-hmm. do them yearly. And so, you know, like VBS is obviously a big one, but even like our Wednesday night ministries, we would have families register their children Mm -hmm. for that. And so that's, Mm -hmm. those are good places to, to (laughs) discover that information that you should have known all along. But when they're re-registering for Mm -hmm. children's choir, you're like, oh, wait. (laughs) Yes. And just make sure that these are all up there. And I do know that there have been over the years, I've seen some of the programs, if you have a computer system where parents Mm -hmm. check in on a computer system, Mm -hmm. yes, some of those programs will actually have a little place where it asks them, are there, is there any information that needs to be updated? Like this is, so you have to click a little box when you're registering each time, which I know again, is another one of those things that they would have to go through, but any reminders that you can give Mm -hmm. them of, you know, we need to know, you know, how your children are doing. We need to know if there's any kind of update. Um, And then always asking my leaders too, if parents will say something to you at the door about something that's changed, if you can let me know so that I could add that to their form. So or like send them sure. back to me, yeah. send them to the desk. Be like, thank yeah. you for sharing that. Yeah. Please go to the desk. Yeah. Let's yeah. update yeah. your profile. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So it's just those little kinds of things that we just mm-hmm. have to do, but it can be difficult. So it's, mm-hmm. but it's important that we have it. Mm-hmm. Another thing that we really have to think about when we're looking at the health and wellness of our kids is how we are cleaning our classrooms. And again, I know that this is just another thing to be on a checklist, but it's really important, especially during cold and flu season, but mm-hmm. pretty much all year long, really, right. for you to make sure that your equipment, your tables and your chairs and all of the resources, all of your manipulatives, the toys that are in your classroom, you know, that those are cleaned on a regular basis mm-hmm. and that they're cleaned really well. Mm-hmm. Um and so that, that, that way that you don't have issues of these items passing things from one child to another. And it's one of the reasons why I didn't have stuffed animals or pillows in my classrooms. And yeah. I know that it really upset a lot of people over the years that I didn't, but there is just no way to clean stuffed animals. Mm-hmm. 
And especially when you're thinking about things, not just germs, but when you're also thinking about like lice and things like that, you know, it's just almost impossible to keep pillows and stuffed animals clean. So that was always a no for my classrooms. (laughs) Yeah. We want to make sure that we're cleaning disinfecting bathrooms, that the diapering areas where the kids are are having their diapers changed are, are very clean. You want to think about the um, supplies that are needed for changing diapers um, and actually have a diaper changing procedure Mm -hmm. that you help your teachers learn. Mm -hmm. And so I know for me, for the the diaper changing area, we would make sure we had an area in the classroom that was just for that. We would have disposable gloves. Mm -hmm. We would have um, the, um, some extra diapers just in case we needed extra diapers. Mm -hmm. I did my best to always use the diaper from the parents, from the diaper bag, use the wipes from the diaper bag. Mm -hmm. Because again, you don't know what kinds of allergies that a child might have. Mm -hmm. And so you want to be very mindful for that. So I tried to use their diapers. I tried to use their wipes. I did require, um, we would put down, we had the paper that you would, mm-hmm. we actually, over the years, I had different kinds, some that you would tear. And then some I had that were just sheets that were like in a box that were in underneath and you just pulled the sheet out and laid it on top. So that mm-hmm. way the child wasn't going onto the diaper table. They were going onto a, a piece of almost like parchment mm-hmm. paper that was there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would kind of always had training for those teachers to kind of show them how we diaper, how we clean. And then I had this way that I did it where I would take the diaper and close it all the way up. Mm-hmm. And then I would hold it in my hand and I would take the glove off. So that oh, the glove like went around it. the diaper. Mm-hmm. And then I would put the diaper in the other hand and then I would take that glove. So that way you had the diaper and then it was covered with two gloves. I that we've got separate little bags that we put them in but I like this glove thing yeah I never wanted to touch the diaper with my hands yes and so that way it the glove covered it and then I wrapped it in the parchment paper and tossed it so that that everything was you know then we would wipe down Mm -hmm. the area I would go wash my hands I would get the next child I would have the paper out and then Mm -hmm. I would do it again um because we always wanted to this was one of the things that I I have this rule Mm-hmm. that I wanted children to go home with clean, with clean diaper. diaper. Yes. So yes. the very last few minutes, whenever the worship service would go to the altar call kind of mm-hmm. time, mm-hmm. I would have the hall directors go by and, and let the classrooms know so that they could check diapers yeah. um, before parents came to pick them up. Because I had just, I never wanted, because I remembered I would sometimes go home with our daughter mm-hmm. back before I went into ministry when she was an infant, obviously. And literally her diaper would be so soaking wet that Mm. I knew nobody had changed it for the whole two hours we were there. Like I knew because it was just too, I mean, it was that soaked through into her clothes kind of wet. And so going into ministry, my, my brain was always, I want parents to know how much I care about their kids 
that I'm going to make sure we're checking diapers, you know, before they go home to make sure that they are in a clean diaper, that they're dry, that they are comfortable, that they're not, you know, uncomfortable. And Mm -hmm. so, but that was sort of the way, and, and this was the argument that I would always have from leaders. They would say, I don't need gloves because I don't care to touch it. That's fine with me. And I would say, I'm actually asking you to wear gloves, not just to protect yourself, but I also don't want anything from your hands transferring onto the child. Mm-hmm. So if you change one diaper and you're touching right. one diaper and then you go immediately and touch the clean diaper that's going on the next child, you could have yeah. transfer on your hands yeah. from one to the other. And so that's why my glove rule was so very important for me was to make sure that we tried our best not to have any kind of transfer, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. And also I just felt like it was really important <clears throat> to not use ointment or powder yes. that provided. So I didn't even have any in the classroom. Right. Like I oh, just right. made sure that we didn't have any, mm-hmm. if there was any powder or ointment that was used, it was from the diaper bag because the parents had requested it. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to make sure that again, no allergies, nothing like that. Mm-hmm. So another emergency thing you need to make sure that you have available for your teachers to know would be your procedures for mm-hmm. a fire, for a tornado, for an earthquake and for lockdown. And I think we've talked about this before in another safety and security mm-hmm. episode, but I just wanted to kind of mention it again, just to remind you that things happen when we don't expect them to happen. Right. And it really is very hard. Uh, You know, we had a a fire one time in a building during a a time when I had kids in classrooms. And when smoke starts to fill a hallway, there's a lot of panic and a lot of things that can happen. And Mm -hmm. so knowing procedures, knowing where to go, knowing which way to go, because you have to make these decisions really quickly. You, you You have to move things very fast. And so knowing these things ahead of time are incredibly important. Knowing where, you know, the parents are going to meet you outside the building, knowing where the teachers are Mm going to take each child, knowing how to count your children to make sure that everybody Mm -hmm. is there, you know, those kinds of things that you have to try to, you know, be prepared for Mm -hmm. and know what to do during. So it's really important that you have those policies. Because an emergency is not the time to figure out the best route out of the building. You know, you have to have that figured out ahead of time. It's Mm -hmm. not the best time to figure out where you're going to meet up with parents. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Yeah. And that's why uh, making sure that your fire extinguishers are working and that they have been checked properly, that those dates are correct, because I've done a lot of safety and security walkthroughs for churches and I always stop and check their fire extinguishers to see what the date is on them. Mm -hmm. And nine times out of 10, it was years out of date, years Uh. out of date, because if you don't have a school Mm -hmm. in your building, a -hmm. lot of fire departments don't Mm -hmm. come and check churches on a regular basis. They're supposed to. And I always told children's ministers, you have to be prepared because if there is another church fire Mm -hmm. in your County, in your city, the fire department is required to to inspect everyone for, Mm -hmm. you know, in the next few months or the next few weeks, according to, uh, it's just every system is different, but they will come to check you if they've, even if they've never checked you before, they will come check you. And so if you don't have fire department coming on a regular basis every year to check your building, then your fire extinguishers might not be checked 
And so you need to make sure that you can take them in and have them checked and refilled and done all the things so that they can be tagged and all of that kind of thing. So we would just have the fire, we just requested the fire department to come every year and check our building. Knowing that if they come and check your building, they are going to check your entire building. And so there are things that they may ask you to fix. So you need to be prepared that you're going to, you know, fix the things that they are going to ask you to fix, but having them come and check that or having someplace that you can take a fire extinguisher to, to have it checked Mm -hmm. is just really important because that's one of those things that gets kind of low on the list. I always set myself a reminder for it too. So I wouldn't forget (laughs) because it's easy to forget that. Yeah. 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 Well, and you know, in the one, the one walkthrough that you did for me, our fire extinguishers were up to date, but that also was because we had a school on campus. (laughs) Yes. I see. You didn't have to worry about that. Yeah. But I'm like, most of the time, and most of the time, children just say to me, I didn't even think to check that. That's the thing. It's just like, I think I told my ball pit story uh, on another episode too, where there was a church that had a ball pit in the middle of their building. And I asked them how they, you know, how regularly did they clean it? And they had years, they had never done that. They'd never cleaned it. And it was really funny because it's this ginormous ball pit that's in the middle of their building. Right. But they just saw it every day. So it just became, it's just our ball pit. Like they didn't even (laughs) think about it when they saw it. And so for somebody to say, Oh, how do you clean it? They were kind of like, Oh, it needs to be cleaned. Um, and so, you know, it, you, you have to really like, sometimes we just see things so often they just become, it just second becomes nature. the They're background. Just, yeah. yeah. It just is. And so we have to kind of go back and go, Oh, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. So we want to make sure that those are checked. Um, another thing is that I always had go bags in the classroom and I did that for especially churches where I had a playground mm-hmm. so that if the teachers did want to take the kids outside that they had a bag of supplies to take with mm-hmm. them. And along with that would be a, a first aid kit and mm-hmm. would have, you know, wipes and paper towels and just, you know, anything that they might need while they're outside. Mm-hmm. Because my goal was I didn't want one teacher coming back inside to get something while the kids were on the playground yes. with one teacher. I wanted yes. the teachers to be able to stay outside together mm-hmm. And so I wanted to try to have anything in that little, I had little backpacks that were in each of the rooms Mm -hmm. and it just had those kind of basic supplies in it so that the teachers would have some things with them when they went outside, band-aids, Kleenexes, you know, those kinds of things. And so. And anytime for us anyway, our, our playground is right next to our building, but it's still a little separate. So anytime we have a group go out, we always send them with a walkie talkie as well. So I say that way, if you need me or we need you. (laughs) So, right. Oh yeah. Because, you know, there have been some churches over the years that I've been in that because of the way the buildings were set up that you couldn't test. Kind of a hike. Yeah. Oh, that too. Our Uh church is that way. It's like a Mm -hmm. self-service Bermuda triangle. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it didn't. So Mm -hmm. we always felt safer to have, we, we kept one walkie talkie at the at the desk desk, and Mm -hmm. then the hall director stayed with it. And then they gave it to whoever was going out to the playground or going outside Mm -hmm. so that they would have that outside too. And I also made sure that each teacher had a list of the children Mm -hmm. in their class. And Mm -hmm. the way that I did this, the the easiest way that I could find to do this is that they had a class role that they filled out. Mm -hmm. And I know that not every church has a class role that they fill out. Um, but I had a class role that they filled out and they <laughs> would check off because I always, I, I would occasionally have parents that would skip registering at the 
desk and would just kind of drop and kind run of sneak you know, in. kind of thing, especially with the older kids, because it's just sometimes a little harder. Mm -hmm. So I just had two pages that they would just very quickly check off the class role. If there was somebody mm -hmm. new, they would just add their name to the bottom of the list. They would give one to the hall director that would check in because our hall directors would come and check the classrooms after mm -hmm. about 10 minutes. Right. After class started, just to make sure they didn't need anything or to make sure everything was okay. They would give them the list of who they had so that we had a copy of who was in the room. Mm -hmm. And then they kept the other one. And I just asked them to take that with them if they went out to the playground or if they went outside. And then that way they would have a list. And it was just literally a printed thing that I printed and put in each classroom. So that way the, the, the kids that came every week, it was already on there. They didn't have to fill out right. something every single week, but right, it just right. gave them a list of, of the kids that were in there. So the idea is just so that if there's an emergency out on the playground, mm -hmm. You, you sometimes, if you have a large group, you might forget who you have, right. especially if you are volunteering for a Sunday and you don't normally mm -hmm. have these kids and you don't know their names yet. Right. Um, and so it was just always a handy thing for them to have. All right. I think our last thing is allergy alert signs. Do yeah. you use allergy alert signs? And We do. In yes. Yes, how, we do. How do those work for you? Um, I mean, we, it just depends. We had, it was at Christmas time. We had a special event where we had, um, a wide variety of snacks. And so I put allergy alert signs above each of our check-in stations mm -hmm. on every single door to the classroom on our entryway and exit doors to the building. <laughs> so I was very, very thorough. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, like if teachers are wanting to do something special in their room, they will just post it on their door. Right. Um, but that was an example of a large event that encompassed the entire ministry. And I put them everywhere. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I always made sure they were like an, an, a permanent part of the, mm -hmm. like I, I would get one of those little clear plastic things mm -hmm. to put there. Or so, something so that they were in. always there so they could slide in. And I would usually do a laminated one and have the write on wipe off marker and try to at uh, least yeah. use it to go along with the theme for the, for the month or for mm -hmm. the quarter or whatever, mm -hmm. however we wanted to make it work. But so that that way they could mark and use and, and have it out. Mm -hmm. and, and I requested that they, even if there was nothing to, to still have nothing, you know, to say you know, nothing, none, none. Um, mm -hmm. just because I wanted to make sure it became such a habit. Mm -hmm. that that way it was was done each week so it was just one mm -hmm. of those check off list things that you do and you know each week and the hall directors would check for when they would walk around mm -hmm. you know at the beginning of the morning but it was just that sense of wanting to make sure that the parents always knew and again we would have I would ask teachers to specifically say like if they were mm -hmm. doing something particular mm -hmm. you know you know we're, we're playing with play-doh today mm -hmm. you know it's, you know just checking to make sure that you know, Tom, you know, when Tommy's being dropped off, Tommy can play with play that, you know, is that, is that right? You know, something, you know, just to have that verbal confirmation mm -hmm. too, as well as having it marked. But I think it's just really Posted. important. Mm -hmm. And that's why that's the really, oh, so many hard conversations that I had to have with leaders that they couldn't bring snacks. Mm -hmm. And so, and I know that they want to make the cookies and the cupcakes and they want to bring all the goodies. And I know that, and I'm so sorry that they couldn't, but we just had too many kids with allergies, right. peanut allergies and, and allergies to right. die. And it was just in dairy and yeah. just, yeah. And, and, and all that stuff sneaks in. It really sneaks does. In. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you're right. It just, it's, it really does kind of disappear. And so you have to be so vigilant to make sure that we're not having those kinds of things and that you have 
the allergy-free snacks available mm-hmm. if you are going to use snacks for any reason. But mm-hmm. I really just tried to keep it simple. Well, Dr. Virginia, I know this was a lot of information and a lot of difficult things that you have to think through for your ministry. And, yeah. and it does take time. And I know you, you all are already so overwhelmed with everything that you're doing for our kids and for the families. But it's really important that you have some opportunity to sit down and think through how we can better keep our kids safe while they're with us. And so walking through all of these steps and these kind of things can be really helpful in the long run, because again, you just never know when emergency is going to happen. You want to be prepared for it. So friends, we are so thankful that you joined us today for our conversation. We hope that this has been helpful information. We just want to be able to meet you where you are and and give you helpful tips and helpful things to think about. If you have any questions, if there's anything that you would like for us to talk about on another episode, we would love to hear from you. So please like and subscribe and do all the things so that we can find ways that we can meet your needs. We appreciate you being with us and we will talk to you again soon. Bye-bye.